Hey, shalom, 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 family. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day to you guys, wherever you guys are listening in from around the world. Greetings and salutation to you guys in the name of Yahuwah, and we welcome you guys back to another episode of the Daily Bread Podcast, where we read the word of Yahuwah daily. And the Daily Bread Podcast is presented to you guys by Living for Yahuwah Ministries, and I am your host and your brother, Dalayahu Yasharal. And I'm pleased to announce that we gather here today, family, to read another chapter. And um, yeah, couldn't be more fortunate, couldn't be more um, excited, and um, yeah, blessed, highly favored. So, with that said, let's get into it. So, family, today we are continuing our reading in the book of Numbers. Today we are reading chapter 8, and um, should be a good one. We're looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so before we get into reading the chapter, we're going to start with a few opening measures, which is namely first, going over the recap, just a short summary of what led us up to this point for those who may be listening for the first time. And then we will go into prayer just to uh, right give you a praise on and esteem, uh, thanksgiving for this day he made, right? So uh, we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Give you whole praise and steam. Uh, just communicate with Allahim. Uh, and then we get into the chapter. And then, you know, hopefully that way we're able to get more from it. You know, so uh, and, and when we finish reading the chapter, we will do a brief overview, uh, a synopsis, a summary, just to explain whatever that chapter may have been about. Whatever notes we have, we will share. Okay. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. Again, I'm your host, your brother, Daliyahu Yasharal, from the Daily Bread Podcast, Living for Yahuwah Ministries. Let's get it. So, what shall we say then, family? Um, I think what's important to note when we're talking about how we got to this point, where we are, um, I think when we read the scriptures, it's always important to take note of the, the timeline or the... Um, the um the just the timing of events just again the perspective what time can far as time concerned so what do i mean by that okay genesis we know that's the story about the beginning creation abraham isaac jacob and then from exodus um the time starts to slow down obviously a lot of generations pass from adam to abraham right and then from abraham to 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 the 12 tribes of yasharon but then when we get to Exodus and we get to the life of Moses, the life of Moses almost spans through, again, the, the next four books. So it's important to understand that when we read one chapter to another, one verse to another, most times in scripture, one verse could be when Abraham was 90 years old, the next verse, he 99 years old. So it just skipped like nine years. But actually these couple books in the Torah, what we're reading right now, Exodus, Leviticus and where we are now in Numbers, it's all pretty much happening over the span of like the first two years out of captivity. Okay, so that's what I mean. Like Exodus, Moses frees us, we go on the mountain and uh, we receive the Ten Commandments. All of this is the first year out of captivity. But from the book of the beginning of the book of Leviticus 
all the way to where we are now in the book of Numbers, chapter 8, is only the second year. The second year out of captivity. So we just in this, we really zooming in and focusing in on this one particular time frame. And what Yahuwah is just filling us up with instructions. Obviously, again, the first year out of captivity, Mount Sinai, um, the uh, Feast of Shabuah, commonly called Pentecost. We received the Ten Commandments. And we have, you know, Moses has already pretty much downloaded with all the information. And from that point on, we just see him going over, you know, statue after statue. Everything he's shown by Yahuwah. In uh, the book of Leviticus, for example, all of the uh, the Levitical laws, the um, the laws of Torah, the statutes, and understanding for slaughterings, again, clean and unclean, dietary laws, uh, all the appointed times, um, again, so many statutes. And now we're continuing that. we still reading about the... We read about the creation of the temple. Ever since Exodus, Leviticus was giving us the, the the instructions for the priests, how they operate these sacrifices. So now in the book of Numbers, we are at the point where the temple has been inaugurated. Everybody, all the 12 tribes have given gifts, and it's about to start operating. And again, remember, this is not the temple of Yahuwah, so to speak, the, the one that Solomon built, the initial house of Yahuwah, but this was the tent of meeting. Meaning it was mobile. It was made to be mobilized. So just to give you guys an understanding of where we at, that's where we are. The attendant meeting is officially kicking off. And looking forward in the book of Numbers, we will just be reading about, again, how the whole nation of Yashra is being mobilized by Yahuwah. And um, I think that's always a good perspective to keep in mind. And it's important. It helps us understand it, the nation of Yashra, how Yahuwah understand understands us. Or understands it more so as an army, uh, a mobilized army. Um, the tenant meeting is headquarters, right? Command post where we get the orders from the general. Yahuwah Sabaoth. Sabaoth is a, uh, it's almost like a military term. Um, obviously, the Hebrew word it has a lot of depth and meaning. That is like one English word can't uh, accurately explain or uh, define a Hebrew word, but Sabaoth is like a military term, Yahuwah of hosts, Yahuwah of armies, and he is, we are reading like the operating manual for the army, the instructions, the Torah, the commandments, and we are watching from this point on how, how he will mobilize the people, they follow him, the tent moves here and there, and that is the center and the prized possession, crown jewel of the whole nation, they literally camp around it, all four sides, so yeah, just want to, instead of doing the usual um, recap about the importance of Exodus, Genesis, Leviticus, and where we are in Numbers, I really just want to explain this time period um, perspective, how we're still in only the second year in the wilderness, more than halfway through the book, uh, the Torah, and but basically we're still right now focusing on the beginning part of the wilderness. We know that they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And the book of Numbers encapsulates most of that. But right now in chapter 8, we are still just in the second year. The temple is still being inaugurated officially. So, um, yeah, with that said, I think um, yeah, I'm very much excited to get into this next chapter. So, um, that's what we'll do. Um, 
I pray that, that that made sense for everybody. So with that said, it's time for us to pray, family. And uh, again, always coming off the recap, it makes prayer even more exciting. Just again, talking about how Yahuwah Sabaoth, you know, always has mobilized his people and uh, always been there for us, right? And that's why he is Allahim. He is a lofty power, the power that is above us, Allah. So that works out great, right? So we can all communicate with him wherever we are, any search, any situation, any circumstance. So uh, fortunate for us. So let's pray, family. Let's take this time to go into the presence of Yahuwah, wipe our slate clean, um, get forgiveness for whatever may have occurred, and go into this day with a new, you know, embracing this new opportunity. Okay. So with that said, we're gonna pray according to the Hebrew custom where we stand. Face the direction of Jerusalem or the place where the temple once stood. Um, <clears throat> lift up our hands, open our palms, bow our heads, and pray just like this. Baruch Atah, Yahuwah, Alahinu, Hamalat Ulam, our Father who is in the heavens. Permit your name to be set apart. Permit your reign to come, literally, or your kingdom to come. Permit your desire to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We come before you today begging, pleading for your mercy and asking that you give us this day our daily bread and sustain us like only you can, you Lord. We ask that you forgive us for our sins and our trespasses against your Torah and your commands. We also ask that you forgive us for the sins, trespasses, and iniquity of our current family and our forefathers for their wickedness against your Torah and your commands. As we forgive our dead oars, and as we forgive those who trespass against us, and most importantly, as we forgive each other, we ask that you allow us not to be led into trial, but save us and deliver us, Yahuwah, from the wicked one. For yours is the reign, the power, and the esteem now and forever. There's so much more we can say, but, um, these things and more we pray in the name of our Mashiach and Sovereign, Yahusha. Halal Yahuwah, Tudah Yahuwah, Yabadakak Yahuwah, Aman. Aman. Let it be, family. So, with that said, now we feel a lot more prepared and uh, just ready to jump into this chapter today. And um, feel good, family. Feel good. So, Numbers chapter 8. Again, the book is called Numbers in the English, which was instituted since Romans in the Latin. But in the Hebrew, the Abadit is called Bamadabar. The bar is the word organization. Madabar is wilderness. Bamadabar is in the wilderness. Literally the first word of the Hebrew scroll. This is a scroll in itself. And it's one continuous scroll. It actually has no chapters, no verses. But for the sake of our modern convenience, we are breaking it down like that. So Numbers chapter 8 verse 1. And it reads, Now Yahuwah spoke to Mashah saying, Speak to Aharon and say to him, When you set up the lamps, or in Hebrew, the menorah, the aod, the light, on the menorah, the lampstand, commonly commonly called lampstand which is known as a menorah verse 2 
speak to Aharon and say to him, when you set up the lamps or the lights, the seven lamps will give light in front of the lampstand. Or the menorah. Verse 3. And Aharon did so. He set up his lamps in front of the lampstand. As Yahuwah commanded Moses. Verse 4. And this was the workmanship of the lampstand. Or the menorah. Hammered work of gold. Hmm. From his base to his flowers. It was hammered work. According to the pattern that was shown According to the pattern that Yahuwah had shown Moses, so he made the lampstand or the menorah. Again, we numbers, we still in numbers, but we still referencing two books back to Exodus. They still uh, uh, fabricating and producing, or you know, it's already done. It's been made, but they really it's still referencing those things that we talked that happened or that Moses was showed. In Exodus, when we was, when he was on the mount in Mount Sinai, so we're still in like the same time frame, two books later, basically. Verse five, and Yahuwah spoke to Moses, saying, "Take the Luim, or commonly called the Levites, take the Luim from among the people of Yasharal and cleanse them. Thus you will do to them to cleanse them. Sprinkle the water of purification upon them." And let them go with a razor over all their body and wash their clothes and cleanse themselves. Then let them take a bull from the herd and his grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil. And you will take another bull from the herd for a sin offering. And you will bring the Loin before the tent of meeting and assemble the whole congregation of the people of Yasharon. When you bring the Luin before Yahuwah, the people of Yashara will lay their hands on the Luin or the Levites, and Aharon will offer the Levites before Yahuwah as a wave offering from the people of Yashara that they may do the service of Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Then the Levites will lay their hands on the heads of the bulls. And you will offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering to Yahuwah to make atonement for the Levites. And you will set the Levites before Aharon and his sons and will offer them as a wave offering to Yahuwah. Thus you will separate the Levites from among the people of Yasharal and the Levites will be mine. Verse 15. And after that, the Levites will go in to serve at the tent of meeting when you have cleansed them and offered them as a wave offering. For they are wholly given to me from among the people of Yasharal. Instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of all the people of Yasharal, I have taken them for myself. For all the firstborn among the people of Yasharal are mine, both of man and of beast. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Masarim, I consecrated them for myself. So I just want to stop right here briefly before I read verse 18 and just touch on this again and explain for those who may not be familiar or may not have heard it spoken of before. But Yahuwah has a affection or an affinity for the firstborn. We talked about this last chapter with just the heads of the tribes being, you know, the heads of the houses are the, the eldest of the family, the eldest firstborn. 
and uh, he always called for and requested and asked for the firstborn of each family, each person, right? But instead of consecrating and taking to himself separately from that family, the firstborn of every family or every tribe, what Yahuwah, what happened is that Yahuwah uh, just took one whole tribe and he took the tribe of the Levites or the Lewin to himself and it's a redemption. Instead of all the firstborn from each different family, from each different tribe, he just took one whole tribe and literally separate, separated them and consecrated them to himself. So they don't have an inheritance. They don't have um, a, an allotted land portion like the other 11 tribes do, or 12, still 12 tribes. So um, it's very important to note because um, just the whole ransoming of the firstborn is very important. And we see that as Yahuwah even references it again to Egypt. You know, I took, I, I destroyed all the firstborn of the Egyptians to take Yasharal as a nation. So literally we were bought with a price. The price was a very specific one, and it was the firstborn of the Egyptians. So, um, just very interesting, just to notice the, the importance of the firstborn, how we have to, and the point is how it's relevant, how we have to take note of this in our families, if we calling ourselves set apart, we calling ourselves walking after these customs and ways, um, just take note of our firstborn, that uh, literally they should be set apart to Yahuwah, and in the Torah it states that, you know, if we were to go to the temple theoretically and make an offering or give a sacrifice, we were to redeem that firstborn with a lamb. We, we, there should be an offering made for that firstborn. If he's uh, blessed us to have children, a male son. Uh, and that's another point. I've spoken to people about this before. We had a conversation about it. Like When we talk about this firstborn child, it's just a firstborn child. If somebody has a female daughter, it's the oldest child. Uh, is that the firstborn child? But literally, Yahuwah is speaking of the firstborn male child. And um, it's an offering required for that child. So it's just a very interesting nuance. But it is the Hebrew culture. Because it's statues and laws around it that uh, incorporates and, and, and captures. That that's what makes the culture. Just like circumcision is a part of our culture because it's a statue about it. So that is the culture. Same thing with the firstborn, the importance of the firstborn is something that as a Hebrew, as a husband, as a father, you can't uh, understate how how much, how often, how frequently Yahuwah speaks on his firstborn. And obviously, these things all culminate and lead to the ultimate firstborn and the ultimate sacrifice of the firstborn that he gave for the whole world, speaking about Yahusha. So every, you know, it's, it's no small thing. And we keep talking about, I ransomed the firstborn of the Egyptians for you guys. You guys should offer, you should, guys should bring me your firstborn. Um, you know, uh, off, make an offering for the firstborn to redeem the firstborn. If you're not going to wholly give him to me. Remember, uh, Shemuel, the, the priest and prophet, that was a perfect example. He was his mother's firstborn. She literally took him to the temple and dropped him off and dedicated him to Yahuwah. And Yahuwah had a very intimate relationship with him. Spoke with Shemuel at a time when he wasn't speaking to and through anybody in Yeshurun. So that's an important example. And again, ultimately, the sacrifice of Yahusha. All these things should be pointing to something. The parallels being made is uh, is a very big deal. So I just want to point this out to those who may not understand it as fully. 
So with that said, and then again, the main example being with the temple and the whole time period that we were a nation in our own nation, the fact that he took the Levites or the Loim as the first, the literal firstborn for the whole nation of Yashra. Very important um, nuances. Okay, continuing on, verse 18. Again, and I have taken the Luim instead of all the firstborn among the people of Yasharal. Very important. Verse 19. And I have given the Levites or the Luim as a gift to Aharon and his sons from among the people of Yasharal or the children of Yasharal. Uh huh. Verse 19. And I have given the Luim as a gift to Aharon and his sons from among the children of Yasharal. To do the service for the people of Yashara, the children of Yashara, at the tent of meeting, and to make atonement for the people of Yashara, that there may be no plague among the people of Yashara when the people of Yashara come near to the sanctuary. Very important. Verse 20. Thus did and Aharon and all the congregation of the people of Yashara. To the Luim, according to all that Yahuwah commanded Moses concerning the Levites, the people of Yasharal did to them. And the Levites purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes, and Aharon offered them as a wave offering before Yahuwah. And Aharon made atonement for them to cleanse them. And after that, the Luim went in to do their service in the tent of meeting before Aharon and his sons, as Yahuwah had commanded Moses concerning the Luim, so they did to them. I think another um, interesting point that's uh, worth pointing out is um, the fact that, um, you know, Moses, Aharon were all from they all they were all Levites or Luim, right? They were from the sons of Louis. That's why they call Luim, because Louis was the father. L U Y, you put an M, Luim. Commonly called Levites. So they were all Levites, but Aaron and his sons were the only Aaron, the children of Aaron was supposed to be the priest, the high priest. And but the rest of the brothers and or cousins of Moses and Aaron were the priests, just general service. Again, all of this is going over in detail in Exodus as each description, each task has already been allocated to these individuals. But it's just important to note that this was literally all one family. Uncles, cousins, brothers, um, just talk about family effort. It's just, you couldn't have a better example. There's no better example of a family working together at all, ever. So, um, very interesting. Verse 23. And Yahuwah spoke to Moses saying, This applies to the Levites. From 25 years old and upward, they will come to do duty in the service of the ten of meeting. And from the age of 50 years, they will withdraw from the duty of the service and serve no more. Verse 26. They, will, they minister to their brothers. And attend a meeting by keeping guard, but they will do no service. Thus will you do to the Levites in assigning their duties. Okay. Allow you who let it be. Amen. So what shall we say then, family? 
Um, I think just a good way to summarize this and, 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 and describe it is just the preparation of the priesthood. Again, the, the duties have been allocated already. I think Exodus, we read about that. Again, Leviticus was the book of the priest. It really just it spelled out all the duties of the priesthood. And I really encourage everybody to go back and, and just look at, listen to chapter by chapter the episodes of Leviticus because for me, it was always one of the can't say the least favorite books, but out of the five books, that was the one that was like maybe the most hardest to read because the first seven chapters is only talking about each different sacrifice, the types of sacrifice they're making. Um, but I think it's the most important because this time reading it for daily bread and just recording it and having to summarize it and explain each chapter, we just got to see how many different shoes and hats the, the, the priests are wearing. They're literally butchers. They are um, doctors, so it's the white coat. It's the white coat people, you know. The butchers, they doctors, they lawyers. They are um, just they doing so much. They have the responsibility to quarantine people, literally de declare people clean or unclean. Um, so they examining people, chapter after chapter, book after book, you know, uh, example after example, episode after episode. Um, you know, sacrificing animals, cutting meat all day, dealing with blood and all the, the like, um, washing different utensils, etc., etc., in the temple. Just the service is immaculate, impeccable, right? All the things they're doing. Butchers, doctors, lawyers, all the hats that they're wearing. So you really get an appreciation for all these things. So now, <clears throat> this preparation being made, where they officially being like, um, the duties have been assigned, but now they officially being prepared for the priesthood, um, being made as a wave offering presented, like wave offering something. You literally present something before you hold. So <clears throat> this episode is just all you can do is define it as describe it as the preparation of the priesthood. And but this is like the final preparation. The temple has been made. Everybody pitched in the silver, gold, jewels, all the materials behind. They made everything, the poles, the ark. So. Man, it's just interesting to see as we continue to describe and summarize and review these things, how much of the Torah is basically about the temple, really. It's like from Exodus to Numbers, you know, all all of Leviticus was about temple service. So um, it's interesting, right? And summarizing the Torah and just allocating it, like how much of the laws really revolved around the temple is it's, um, very um, remarkable. Again, in that book of Leviticus, it's a lot of personal laws, clean, unclean laws, laws about purification after um, intercourse, you know, uh, monthly menstruation for women. These things apply wherever we go because they're, they're laws pertaining to us as people. Clean and unclean, our dietary laws, no matter where we go, and again, that, re that relates to us. But a lot of those things were in regard to the temple, what type of sacrifice we need to bring and how the priest should go about it. So it's been very interesting, family, just reading that. And again, it's just so important to realizing we could never state it enough that all these things are relevant. No matter if we say, well, the temple don't exist or uh, we scattered as a people. It don't matter. You know, all these things are relevant for, um, what's the word I want to use? It's like the word on my tongue. It's just that... Um, not just circumstantial, but these things are relevant because it's like, it show us, it just puts you in the mind state of the people. Understanding what they had to go through, going to the temple, 
making time to go, making the pilgrimage there. They took all of these things very seriously. So it get, I think it put us in a more, in a mind state that just respect the Torah more, you know, and not just, okay, we can skip this because we ain't got to do this no more. We can skip it and skip it. Like, people like to just skip it, you know, like, well, this don't relate no more, so we don't even have to read it. But I think it give, it, it, it takes away from the perspective of understanding what service actually is, what, what type of worship what's really happening you know i think that's why um again these days we scattered is a fragmentation in our understanding as a people because again no regard for the name even though it's a commandment no regard for the name these statues it's like as long as as long as we not eating pork and we keep shabbat it's like we keeping the commandments but there's so many again in regards to the main one we reference today about the firstborn and understand how important that is to redeem them. Um, but this it, it's been lost in the way of uh, just culture and uh, obviously um, delusion from the enemy and just, again, making us to totally forget these things as well. Um, you know, we have to return. Don't forget, we have to return back with all our heart, all our soul, all our might, all our strength. And that is what's required. And that's what we said we would do. So, yeah, very interesting. Just again, the preparation for the priesthood and the the, the the great lengths they go through to do everything that they were shown. So it just again goes along with it. So showed the zeal, the um, the ardor, the 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 desire to to seek Yahuwah's face, to be one with Him, and so it just implore everybody to continue to push, continue to strive to be more righteous. Um, it's an interesting quote in Revelation that a teacher of mine used to always quote, and it's, it's a very, it's a great one. And like he said, um, let the wicked, if you let the wicked be more wicked, um, and let the righteous be more righteous. Something like that. It's chapter 22, 11, something like that. But anyway, but it's like those who set apart can, should continue to strive to be more set apart. And uh, yeah, I think that's great. We're going to leave it there. So, family, it's been my pleasure. Thank you guys for reading with us. Thank you guys for walking with us. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we ask, kindly ask that you guys um, like, subscribe, share, right? Follow the podcast. Um, share the podcast if this has helped you, if it's blessed you, if you know anybody who can benefit from it, who needs to hear the word. Um, share the podcast. We ask that you guys um interact with us in the question and answer segment let us know what you think well, how did you feel you know, so much to talk about it's always so much to talk about and i'm always looking for feedback from the listeners you know whether you think about the episode the park the the, the preparation of the priest some is, is there things in there we should still be doing we should try to do we shouldn't do um what can we do um just how you feel about it we always interested to hear from you guys um you guys are more than welcome to reach out to us on social media. Follow us on social media. Um, yeah, and if you feel led to support the ministry in any way, you feel um, you're more than welcome to become a patron. So, until the next chapter, family, until the next episode, we say shalom. Thank you guys again for joining us, and we will see you guys in the next chapter. Hello, Yahuwah. Have a great day.